Welcome to the Tech Sales Show, where we are dedicated to making you a better tech seller, sharing tried and true sales strategies and answering your questions weekly. What's up, Brian? Hey, hey, Bobby. Here we are wrapping up Series 10. Every time I say that, I'm shocked that we've made it through 10 series in uh, just under 13 months. It's been a fun ride, but this week is the last episode in Filling Your Funnel, Never Stop Prospecting. Over the past couple weeks, we've tried to help inside reps, core reps, and territory reps really kind of fill their toolbox and their quiver with all kinds of thoughts and, and I guess, probably behaviors and habits to really focus on winning that new business. Uh, it's a big part of everyone's job in sales, and hopefully we've provided a lot of things that are going to help you. Today's really all about a bunch of tips and tricks. We're going to th- try and throw in all of the ways we've been able to find or get in touch with those prospects in, in, our, ha- in our past. And if you have anything that you've done that's been really creative, we highly encourage you to share it with us as well. Send it to us via email at info at techsellshow.com. Brian, anything you want to regroup or recap for the last couple of weeks before we jump in today's episode? No, I mean, I think we um, the focus here has been on uh, inside reps that may uh, be their purpose is to set up calls or meetings or qualify opportunities for an outbound sales force. Um, we're also kind of targeting um, a territory rep that may have 250 to 1,000 accounts core rep that may have you know five to 50 accounts we're kind of intentionally not focusing on the enterprise rep that may have one or three customers just because that's a kind of a fundamentally uh, different approach although I do think some of the topics today are probably more relevant to uh, uh, to that role as well so let's jump into it today <clears throat> never stop prospecting so I, I would say for I don't know maybe the last five or six years I've kept a list in a different format many times over uh, that we've recorded a show on. I've recorded a blog post. I've written a blog post on something that I call Call 10. I still recommend it almost daily to someone who is struggling with either growing their network, keeping their network strong, finding prospects and customers, or integrating themselves into a new channel. Uh, Call 10 is pretty basic. I pick up the phone and call someone in the morning, and I pick up the phone and call someone in the evening. And uh, people that have heard from me around 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning, you've probably been on that list. And it's not me attempting to make a a sales call. It's not me attempting to close business with someone. It's more really just trying to stay in touch. But it is crazy how often, Brian, I find real pipeline or make a a, a job connection for someone in my network, uh, which continues to, I think, I don't know, elevate my network status. Um, grow my grow my group of friends and or sponsors in my network. Something's happening. It's some so valuable that I, I won't let that quit for sure. Yeah, and I think it, you you can think about it. Not not everyone has a defined group of uh, prospective customers. That list can that list can be molded or changed or grow based off of these call ten exercises. Because you know if you've got fifty prospects, uh, a defined list of fifty prospects. It's you know it's probably a narrow circumstance in which somebody you might call and call ten would would know a contact in one of those fifty accounts maybe not but 
you, they may connect you with someone else, a new prospect that you can add to your list. And to that end, uh, we had a great, a great example of this uh, in London. We, one of our guys works in the financial services industry and he is all, I mean, he's passionate about the industry. He has joined industry groups. Uh, you, you talked about it last week, Bobby, you get delegated to the people that you talk like. He's very well educated, knows the industry well. So he's not delegated downwards. He's, if anything, he's delegated upwards. And it's built this massive niche industry out for him with, within our company, within Workday. He is the guy that knows these private equity companies. And, and while he has a very defined list, rest assured, as an opportunity comes up that may not have been in Salesforce, he's the guy that gets to work that because he has been very intentional about how he grows his network. Everyone should heed that. I mean, IT sales in Houston is really, really small. I met with people in the last 10 days uh, for lunch that brought back connections from 20 years. Their boss is someone who I competed with 20 years ago, and I've worked with in a cooperative way, and I've competed against them again, and I worked with them in a cooperative way. And now I hope they become a big part of the tech sales show. So it's a small world. You should never stop trying to keep those connections strong and touching base with those people. So the tip, if there is one there, is pick up the phone and make a phone call to someone in the morning and someone in the evening. Check in on them, see how they're doing. Maybe it's their birthday that gets them on the list. Maybe it's an anniversary. Maybe it's a job change. Uh, LinkedIn will fill your wall up with this information if you just go look at LinkedIn. They'll give you a reason to call a few people um, to stay connected. So tip number one, call 10. The next, if, if prospecting is... A big deal. We've talked about this one a couple of times, but I've used FedEx before, and it, it can be used in a myriad of different ways. But if you just write a letter to someone, handwritten or typed, uh, requesting a meeting, and you FedEx it to them, it's going to cost you about seven bucks, and they have to sign for it. And while they might have their administrative assistant or someone else sign for it, I guarantee it's going to find their way into their hands unopened 99% of the time. Uh, and it's a great way to get something to them. It, it might not be for every prospect. I get it, but it's a good way to get something in the hands of the person you're trying to talk to. It is. It counts as creating demand for sure, especially if you put a good message in it. And if you want to make it even better, create that box. Make it put it in a box. If it's in a box, they're definitely going to get it, um, and it will be unopened when they get it. I would always open a box. Who would not open a box if you get a yeah. box in the mail? Yeah, for <laughs> and sure. I, and, one thing that uh, you turned me on to doing, and I, this may be a common practice in the industry, but it was new to me, is putting one half of the item in the box or putting a, a wrapper of the item in a box and give them the other half whenever uh, you actually have the meeting. Yeah, in the last year or so, I did a campaign with iTunes gift cards, and we literally cut the iTunes gift cards in half. And we kept we built a spreadsheet tracking all their numbers, right? Because of course, of course, of course, you can't. You can't use the you can't use only half of the serial number on the iTunes gift card, but it was a simple way to get to some lower level people where we were trying to sell from up, sell from below, and sell up. Um, though we sent these iTunes gift cards out, you got the other half when we met you, and um, they, they it was pretty responsive. The, the response was pretty good that we got out of that thing, and then the ones that didn't get we didn't get responses from. We just had some extra gift cards to use, whether we gave them away the serial numbers at events where people could put them on their iPhone or something else. Nothing was going to get lost in that, but it was a good way to send half, as you mentioned, for sure. Yeah. 
for, for that matter, you can send small gifts too. Like it doesn't have to be half. It could just be a goodwill offer, whether it's a cookie, Bobby, like you said, a gift card. Um, you know, there's always, I, I, you know, in London here and in, in Houston and Dallas, there's these trendy new shops that pop up that make a unique kind of cupcake or whatever the, whatever the bakery thing is du jour in your given area. Um, in, in fact, we one of the, the campaigns we did uh, early on in Dallas was there was a, a nice new barbecue shop that opened up in town, and we said, we will. Th- this is a barbecue shop that people like line up around the corner for. You know, mm-hmm. it's all the pub and the press and all that kind of stuff. Man, I miss barbecue. I miss the states. Um, and we said we will cater it. We will we will show up. We will wait in line. We will order all the barbecue for you and your team. We will put it on a hot pad and we will take it out of your office. All we want is while you are consuming said barbecue, we would like to pitch you our message. That's good. That will work. You know, there's a Tiff Treats now. Big, big college girl from the University of Texas started Tiff Treats in Austin. Now it's, I I think it's all across the state of Texas, Hmm. but they deliver cookies hot and it is amazing. And, And so for 10 bucks, you can order a dozen cookies and three little pints of ice cold milk and have them delivered to a customer. At least they're going to see your name. They're going to hear a little bit about your company. If you put a card with it, um, find those gimmicks, as you said, Brian, cupcakes, whatever, and do it. If you're in Houston and you're a fan of the show, my wife is a huge fan of a place called nothing bunt cakes. They're all bunt cakes. They're little cupcakes from cupcakes to big cakes. Uh, the lemon is to die for, so if you uh, have that opportunity, I think a customer would devour your bunt cake and look at a flyer inside of that as well. Uh, and then one trick, and we say this a lot, but we've 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 reinvented some of our tools, and we're going to keep building more tools. This is one that I told Brian I may regret, but I'm going to build it and post it on our site for everybody, and that's a, a connection matrix for people in your network and other networks to try and help bridge some gaps for you. Um, too, too few people go into LinkedIn, in my opinion. They look at LinkedIn and they say, oh, uh, Brian's connected to somebody that I know. I'll ask Brian to make that connection. And it's, a one, it's more like the, it's the grind of the one hit over and over mm-hmm. and over, trying one time and one time. And so what I've done in the past and what I'm going to genericize for everybody and build the tool is a data, data sheet. It's nothing more than a spreadsheet. But it'll have name, email, phone number, and then it'll have name, email, and phone number for the connection. So we'll call that prospect, prospect email, prospect phone number, and then we'll have connection name, connection email, connection phone number, and we'll build this list. And what'll happen is the example would be if I want to meet with Brian Evans, I would go into LinkedIn and look for everybody that Brian and Evans and I have shared contacts with, and then I would put Brian Evans... 10 times in that spreadsheet, and then all 10 of the connections that Brian has to the right of his name. And I would do the next contact in my prospect. Maybe the next person on my list might be um, Tammy Doss. Then I want to meet Tammy Doss. So I put everybody that's connected with Tammy Doss. Again, her name's listed 10 times. But by doing that duplication of her name and all the connections that she's connected to and all the connections Brian's connected to, then I can flip the connections and the contacts, the prospects, with a pivot table. And I could then filter on just Brian Evans. And that pivot table would tell me everybody that Brian Evans is connected to. And I would have their email and their phone number. And I could call Brian as maybe a call 10 uh, person mm-hmm. on my list. 
casually talk to them, and as the conversation happens, maybe pick one or two, or maybe say, hey, man, let's go to drink coffee, and then bring my spreadsheet and say, hey, guy, this is everybody I'm trying to meet these, that I notice you know. Uh, what can I do for you that would be worth your while of getting me in front of a few of these people? You'd be it. amazed at the value and the trust that that would build with Brian to be professional and to, to put that in front of him. Mm-hmm. And then you'd be surprised how many people you'd probably get to meet in that. I think I've used that over and over in my career when I've started new, covering new territories. And it has helped just really get me to the punch quickly of meeting a lot of those customers for the first time. I'd say along the social media, I love that approach. I think along that social media approach too, the still a top 10 deal I've done in my career was because of a, I was um, following a, uh, someone that I was, uh, you know, a prospect that I was tracking. We talked about it on the last, uh, last week about kind of narrowing your list to the most interesting or important prospects that you want to get in front of. This was on that list of five for me as an account executive. I wanted to get in front of them. I was following them on social media. They said um, they posted a, a random post on Twitter. You know, so many people have their business account on Twitter and it just kind of tweets out random stuff about events. It's clearly not them sending stuff. It's their company is posting it basically on their behalf. But this was very intentional. They posted it about a need they had in the market to their list of, you know, 50 followers. But I happened to be one of those 50 followers. I saw it. It took about a year to close the deal, but the deal was closed and it was because of the social media effect. So whether it's LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, um, no, you know, if, if you've got a list of kind of five key accounts that you're trying to get in of, or 50, um, as you kind of narrow it down, you know, exhaust all opportunities, all possibilities. And last week we talked about that pretty specifically about if you break up your list. So let's just say you've got mm-hmm. five targets that you've, you've made this list of five targets then follow them on social media. That's LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever else. They're telling the stories they want to be told. You're going to see discussions about them. You're going to get alerts about earnings reports, mm-hmm. etc. Listen to those earnings reports. Talk like they talk. And you'll be amazed at how quick you get elevated in those accounts and those prospects as well. Another way to learn cool stuff about tech, Brian, is Pigeon TV. That's P-I-J-N dot TV. Indeed, subscribers to Pigeon TV are entered into a weekly raffle for thousands of dollars in prize money. Here's how it works. Pigeon TV delivers short video content on a weekly basis that explains the insight behind a relevant emerging tech company. We love what these guys are doing. Uh, Phil Wilhelm was an early guest on the show. He's a big supporter of the show. He and the Pigeon TV team are doing some great stuff. Bobby, why don't you tell the listeners what they're doing to make it even better for tech sales show listeners? For TechSales listeners to subscribe to Pigeon TV, that's P-I-J-N dot TV, get entered twice into their weekly drawing for prize money. Using promo code TSS when you subscribe, you'll get double the entries into their prize drawings for January, February, and March of 2019. Pigeon TV is the insight you need regarding emerging tech companies along with the prize money you deserve. Go subscribe today. Do it. 30 seconds. It's great stuff. Uh, they've, they've had some great traction. I love this business. So go check them out, everyone. Next on our list of tips and tricks uh, is the consistency. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know how we could put this into a bucket, but if you're consistent in what you do and you consistently do it over and over again, you're going to continue to grow your network and t- continue to have interactions with prospects. One of our one-time guests, Jeremy Epstein, 
uh, blogs literally every day. He owns a company called Never Stop Marketing. We were IT sales reps together way back in the Microsoft days, and we've had him on the show. But he literally writes a blog post every day. Brian, how many days off did you see Jeremy take off in the last 12 months? It's really shocking. <laughs> um, no, I know, I know that he's probably queuing these up and writing them over a period of days, but it, his dedication to his craft um, should be a, a lesson for us all, I think, Bobby. I don't even know if I, I sometimes struggle to come up with a podcast episode every week, but to write a blog every day is shocking. And, you know, for that, his level of expertise in in the Bitcoin world, uh, uh, blockchain, blockchain, you know, is is huge. And if you think about trying to find customers or get people to talk to you, uh, he is not struggling with that at all as it relates to blockchain anywhere in the world. Uh, He's a global figure. And if you don't follow his post, you should subscribe. It is amazing. And we'll provide tech insights for you as well. Um, Brian mentioned it. Let's, real quick on that. Bobby, if he chose to pivot and do something different, would he have any trouble with with the network he has established just over the past two years of this? I mean, you can... Imagine what his network looks like now. Now, of course, that's huh. a massive investment. We're not suggesting that you need to write a blog article every day, but its commitment to the craft, I think, uh, has forever changed his network. Well, we say it a lot, but that is not average, right? People that are average and, and write one blog a month or one blog every six months, then that's a different ball game. And it's not about the blogging. It's about being consistent. If you prospect, prospect daily. If you prospect, prospect weekly. You know, be above average. Um, I, I guarantee you he could write a job post, a blog post that says, I'm looking for a job and have a lot of people want to hit work with them and around him, no yes. question. Um, and then if he was struggling for business, I'm not so sure he could just put something out and say, hey, times are tough. I need some help. Uh, send some customers my way. And likewise, that would happen. Um, no you can't just write one blog post and write that and expect all your friends and followers to, to do something for you. But Jeremy can definitely do that for sure. I agree. Focus on the highlights. As you follow all these social media things, you're watching what businesses are doing, you're watching what people are doing, you've got to call tin list of some sort, then call out promotions that people are getting. When you, Again, LinkedIn will do this in your professional network. Uh, if you're a Facebook or Twitter user, you'll see these things in your feeds. You should be aware of when people get promoted, when businesses have good earnings, when businesses have bad earnings, when there's an acquisition of some sort, uh, just any business highlight for them. They change their logo. Um, they change office buildings. All those, all those things also can create opportunity for you if you are prospecting, right? A business moving from one building to another will create tons of IT opportunity for, for the listeners of this show um, and give you a reason to pick up the phone and call. Uh, we talked about birthdays, anniversaries, etc. Focus on the highlights that you see in social media. Trust me, if someone reached out to me that maybe I, I wouldn't be inclined to speak to, they noticed that Workday had a really strong earnings release and saw that I changed roles within Workday. I, I would be far more interested in talking to them because they brought up something relevant. So, again, the best reps I know follow their customers on Google, get the alerts if there's an acquisition that happens, if there's something 
that's aligned to their team, you know, the it's the tech team, and they have a big new initiative or project that crops up. That stuff's going to surface on Google for some of these really large accounts. So use those inflection points as an opportunity to uh, to sell into these customers. It might not map to every situation, but let's just assume too that that same person that reached out to you gave you some value. So they saw the work they earned, they saw you change jobs, they know you cover Texas, and they gave you some tip and trick about how to cover the state more effectively, whether that's a new train, whether that's a new plane service, whether that's places to charge a Tesla. If they gave you a chunk of value at the same time, how much more inclined would you be to, to respond to that note or to engage with that person? 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. So two last things to cover. Uh, one is the, the noise about not prospecting, and then Brian's going to tell you all the silver bullet of prospecting that you've been waiting for all, all episode long. But the, before that, I would say too often, and I've, I heard it as, as recent as yesterday in a lunch, that I, I, don't, I, I shouldn't be calling. No one on my team's calling people to prospect into them. Um, the cold email's dead, and I'm not sending any cold emails. Um, they're going to hurt bad enough, and they'll call us, and they'll need my stuff. You know, if if your peer set is telling you they're not prospecting, I would challenge you a little bit to see how good they're doing, how well they're thought of, how many customers they have. Hey, are they number one on the team? Probably not. Uh, I think it's all it's all them. It's almost like eighth grade all over again, where the bully is trying to get everybody not to do the do good in school and just fluff off so that yeah. they don't look as bad compared to everybody else. Um, be number one. Be above average. And uh, don't don't let the noise of I'm not prospecting be something that you take to heart and, and try to follow because it, it will be it will be bad for you too. Yeah, I think we uh, we talked about Jeremy and his never start marketing uh, business and campaign. I think it's a very apt name of the episode. Never stop prospecting. It it has to be a it it has to be almost a way of life. It will make it much simpler. But uh, I think the number one takeaway for me, Bobby, on this series, or number one reminder for me is is to narrow that list down, be very specific about uh, your targets, but don't be afraid to rotate that list around. Uh, that's that's probably my biggest uh, feedback or, or takeaway from the series. Perfect. So with that, Brian, what is the silver bullet of prospecting for all tech sellers? That there is no silver bullet, Bobby. There is no silver bullet. Sorry to let you guys down on the, on the podcast today, but there is no silver bullet. And... Uh, if there was one, Brian and I would have been doing it a long time ago for a bunch of different companies uh, and never never looked back. But there is no silver bullet. If you if you run out of things, email us. That's Bobby at the com or Brian at the TechSalesShow.com. Uh, there's, there's always someone with an idea. Use your mentors. Reach out to others uh, and get some help. While there's no silver bullet, there's always a way to make some progress. And uh, you can do that through that, that team of mentors and, and or us. It's, uh, it's like Ryan Holiday says, and the obstacle is the way. He talks about the, uh, the impediment is the way. Uh, the impediment to more sales uh, is breaking down that barrier of, of uh, making those cold calls, building out a plan, sticking to the plan. Uh, that, this is the life we chose. This is the tough job that we picked. Uh, this is one of those challenging aspects to it. No doubt. So we'll wrap up. This series has all been about prospecting. You must have a new customer mindset. 
You can't just, you cannot continue to just drain the swamp and the customers that you have. You have to find new ways to create demand, and that's on you and your team and your company, but mostly on you. And you must always be prospecting, as this episode is titled, Never Ever Stop Prospecting. Let us know what you think of the bookcast we release on New Sales Simplified. We're going to do a bunch of those in 2019. Please share the podcast with a friend. If we've earned it, give us a five-star review. As always, average sucks. Average is the enemy. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Subscribe to our email list at www.techsaleshow.com and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Tech Sales Show. Until next week, average is the enemy.